Not everything is black and white, and there are often unintended consequences. Hi, my name is Bob Greenier, and welcome to RemoteView.ICU. Objectivity I learned at a very early age that humans can lie to defend their interests, both to themselves and to each other. It taught me to not accept what I am told at face value, but to take it on advisement and do my own research and come to my own conclusions. This sense of the nature of human fraud was only accentuated when I learned that a major industry's prizes were based, at least in part, on the amount the contenders would pay for the tables they sat at during the awards event. Later, when I saw one of my brothers for the first time after nearly two decades, who had been living in Israel, I realised the sheer potency of media to shape someone's view of the world. This was reinforced when I moved myself to India and experienced events firsthand, only to watch them be reported in highly biased ways in the country of my origin. I find it hard to believe that there is anyone alive and capable of rational thought who would not have seen over the last two or maybe even five years many counts of totally fraudulent news narratives being perpetrated on national and even international scales. With family living in Australia, the UK, Europe, Asia and trusted colleagues in many other regions, I have marvelled at how people I thought I knew well had their minds and their behaviours modified by rampant indoctrination. It is surely not their fault. Humans can't know everything and it is efficient in a person's short life to take on board views from those that are meant to know a subject or to do what is needed to fit in socially. I'm not pretending that I haven't said things in my past which have been biased, though I have tried to be objective in all that I do. Anyone that knows anyone that has been through a divorce will recognise when one party is being objective or subjective with respect to events and persons they are very familiar with. People can see that things are not as they are being portrayed, or at the very least, that it is not black and white and there are grey areas. Ask yourself, have you always been fully objective in everything you have done or said? Is that even possible? So, if we know that ourselves, our friends and our family cannot always be objective and may just be a product of commerce and the media, which is itself very likely biased, how is it that we so readily accept narratives when we often know almost nothing about the considered topic or situation. As I demonstrated above, there are times when you know all of the facts and so you can recognise where things are wrong. So, just to take an opinion from a party on faith, especially from a person you know to have got things so monumentally wrong in the past, makes no sense. This believing a party or information source, despite knowing they have got things wrong in the past, has a name. Gelman amnesia effect, and it was recently discussed on Dr. Robert Malone's Substack. In the words of Michael Crichton, MD, who coined the phrase, Briefly stated, the Gelman amnesia effect is as follows. You open the newspaper to an article on some subject you know well. In Murray's case, physics. In mine, show business. You read the article and you see the journalist has absolutely no understanding of either the facts or the issues. Often, the article is so wrong, it actually presents the story backward, reversing cause and effect. I call these the wet streets cause rain stories. Papers full of them. 
In any case, you read with exasperation or amusement the multiple errors in a story and then turn the page to national or international affairs and read as if the rest of the newspaper was somehow more accurate about Palestine than the baloney you just read. You turn the page and forget what you know. Michael Crichton, 1942-2008 to Change It's amazing how things can change so fast. As the saying goes, if you're going to panic, panic first. Thursday, 24th February, 2022 I decided to advance royalties for the book Space Earth Human to its Russian scientist and author, Dr. Alexander Parkmov, as I felt there may be disruption in international bank transfers to Russia. If you did not already know, I produced the book with the help of a Ukrainian philologist called Larissa Domenko. Around the city where I live, yellow and blue flags appeared on public buildings, which I told Alexander about when I alerted him of the transfer. I also wrote to Dr. Vladimir Vysotsky in Kiev, another prolific scientist in our field, who I have had a very good relationship with, saying, Dear Vladimir, I am sorry to hear what your country is going through. If you need some refuge, I can offer your family space here in the east of Czech Republic. We are a 14-hour drive west of Kiev. Bob. Eight minutes later, Vladimir wrote, Dear Bob, thank you very much for your support and suggestion to go. Our friends are known in grief. But for now, our plans are to stick to our native country, help it, teach our students and hope for the best. Ukraine now really needs the military support of Europe and the United States to fight the aggressor. Yours, Vladimir. Friday, 25th February, 2022. My solicitors wrote to me in the morning saying, Dear client, I would like to inform you about the change of bank account used for payments of legal services. Based on the current situation, we are forced to change the bank account. They were banking with the Russian bank, Spurbank. Saturday, 26th February, 2022. A family in front of me at the supermarket had their Spurbank debit card rejected. They were forced to find the cash to pay for their groceries. That afternoon, we attended a children's birthday party where one of the Russian mothers was uncharacteristically subdued and apologetic about the situation, as if she felt somehow responsible. She spoke of how many of the people she knew in the Russian community were cut off from their savings and, having been trapped for two years because of the paranoia over COVID, they now would be stranded because of this situation for an indefinite time with no access to their funds. Sunday 27th February 2022 After our usual post-lunch walk, I focused on my 369 presentation. I knew it wouldn't be perfect, or even good, but I realised I had to get out the basics as no one could be sure of what may happen next. Monday 28th February 2022 A lot of things that make one think happened this day. As I picked up my six-year-old daughter from her preschool, she handed me a peace dove. It was decorated with spirals and hearts, or as I like to call them, cardioids, in the colours of the Czech and Ukrainian flags. She spoke to me about how there had been a lot of talk at her school about the situation in Ukraine, and she recounted that one of her friends called Lily was very much distressed because her father, who is not a soldier, but was Ukrainian, 
had left the previous day to go and fight in Ukraine. She told me about how her friend was worried that her father was going to die. I never thought I would hear such a thing coming from my daughter. Later that day, I got a summary from Dr. Alexander Parkmov, who is no fan of the Russian administration, about the situation from his point of view as a mid-70s rational thinker living in Moscow with ties to Ukraine. He gave me permission to publish his account, which he sent me in English, which I have done so below. I have not made any corrections at all, so there are some translation issues, though I trust you are capable of working out what he meant to say. I also got an account from one Andrew Spagin, a Ukrainian living in Kyiv. Back in 2007 to 2010, I worked with this brilliant programmer as he branched out on his own to beta test and define the 3D retopology and painting engine he wanted to build into his nascent visual content application now called 3D Coat. He got a free resource from me and I got the 3D tool I wanted for the business I planned to build in India. His product is a leader in the field now and he employs many people. I purchased and maintained five licenses and used them with my employees to create, amongst other things, a 3D visualization of the World Heritage Site, the Villa Tugendhat. Here you can see what we made running on an iPad Air 1. Andrew's company is called Pilgway, short for Pilgrim's Way, where pilgrim means one who travels to a shrine or holy place as a devotee. It is a fully Christian-based business and is the most deeply ethical company I have ever had a relationship with. And if you are into computer art, I highly recommend his software, which is often on special offer around Easter or Christmas. I have also published Andrew's statement from his company in full below. I encourage you to read both positions and factor them into your thinking. Tuesday, 1st February 2022. We have been asked by my daughter's school if we can provide accommodation for a Ukrainian family of four. We have access to a forest house, which we have offered, but it has no running water, though it does have electricity and water harvesting, and it is shelter. It will need some work to get it functional. We will do what we can if called upon. Thank you for listening to RemoteView.ICU.